Hey y'all, I'm Kendall Michelle Haney, and this is episode six of Type in Tunes. I've received a few requests over the last couple months to bring on a guest who is a little earlier on in their career and can talk about the steps they took to get their first writing gig, and then talk about the whole process of that first job and what it was like to come on as a freelancer and do the whole thing for the first time. So this is that episode. I talk with writer Carleton Carter about his first freelance gig, how he got it, what it was like. Um, Carleton is really awesome and open about his whole experience. So here's our conversation. And I'm so excited you're here. Thanks for coming. Um, as I've explained to you, I've had a few people reach out and ask for me to interview a writer who's sort of newer to the career and who can talk us through that journey and also the specifics of writing your first script. So that's what we're going to get to today. But to start, let's just talk about you, where you're from, what you love about writing, how you got into this. For sure. For sure. Well, first off, I, got, I have to hype you up a little bit because I'm just <laughs> so glad that you're doing this podcast. I remember when you first like told me about it before, even the first episode came up, I was super hyped and like... <clears throat> Every episode has been great. You had Patrick on last episode, which was amazing. You're doing a fantastic job. Oh, thanks. See, see she wasn't expecting this. She thought it was about no. me, but it's actually <laughs> about her and how she's giving back. <laughs> it's not. Let's turn it back on to you. Tell me yeah, about she, you. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I'm an animation writer. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when, when it came to writing, uh, it's been a it's been a long and interesting journey because I, I I've wanted to be a writer since I was in high school. Okay. And how it came to be was it was kind of weird because I wanted to be a doctor because my grandfather was a doctor. He was actually like, don't quote me on this, but he was like the first black doctor in Tampa, right? <laughs> Tampa. And you know I wanted to follow in his footsteps, and then I just completely got derailed because I came across this game called The Movies. Yes. It, it's a video game. You you know the game? I do know that yeah, game. I, know, I, know the game. <laughs> I play that. It would always crash on me on my computer. I'd be oh so my. mad. That is you're so the first human being. You're the first <laughs> human being I've known in 15 years who's known the movies. Yes. I went over to a friend's house and I played it. And it, and just so people understand, it's a game where you run a movie studio and you get to make your own films. There's there's like a you create your own characters and you put them in little pre preset scenes and they become mm -hmm. sequences and you put it out great game so I, so I went over to a friend's house and he had it and I played it and I was like this is the most fun that I've ever had in my entire life <laughs> yeah. so it, it, it was I immediately bought the game and around the same time I got exposed to like the cartoon the boondocks so I've been watching cartoons my entire life mm -hmm. and when I saw the boondocks I was like oh, I didn't know I didn't know you could make this kind of stuff yeah and it's funny because I don't like write stuff like that, but it was just such an eye-opening experience for me. And those two things coming into my life around the same time made me want to pursue the craft of screenwriting. Cool. So then throughout high school, I, you know, I wrote, but it, 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 it wasn't, I, I was a kid. So I wasn't uh, practicing the craft like I should have been. But, you know, I got older, kept going at it, kept going at it. I ended up going to UCF, mm -hmm. uh, University of Central Florida where I went to the um, radio and television program. And it, it wasn't, I, I appreciate my education because of all the amazing people I've met today. Uh, I've had so many good friends. I have friends out in LA, I have friends out in New York and they're all succeeding. Um, but it came more from the connections than the curriculum. <laughs> so sure, a lot sure. of the stuff I did was, was self-taught. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I just remember, I just remember I used to read so many books about writing and watch so many videos. I used to listen um to writing podcasts um and just I, I i wanted to originally i wanted to do live action stuff mm -hmm. uh, I, so when i so when i moved out here I, I still wanted to do live action stuff at first but everything i wanted to do was already kind of in the animation lane because all my favorite movies all my inspirations were movies like scott pilgrim and kick-ass and and um what, what is it like Kingsman and stuff like mm -hmm. that? Like very, all those things, all, first of all, all those things are comics originally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, super stylized, almost animated, practically animated. Yeah. Practically animated. Yeah. So, so I came out here and for the first few years, it was mainly me doing just odd jobs. 
Okay. Like I was just, I, I, I did the background acting thing. I did, I did, um, what was it? Worked at a sandwich shop, worked retail. I was just, I was just grinding, going to networking events on the live action side, just, you know, just trying to meet people. And then um, I actually, I ended up getting, a, I ended up getting an internship at a management company. It was, uh, they, they no longer, they, they've like rebranded, but it was a madhouse inter, uh, madhouse entertainment. Now I believe mm -hmm. they're lit, lit entertainment. And that was a great experience. Uh, but right after that, I just went back to regular jobs. And were you writing that whole time? Was it, was it go to the day job and then come home and write? That's a hundred percent what it was. It was okay. just go to the day job, come home, write. And, and that's what it was like for a long time. And on the live action things, things weren't really coming to be. And it's actually interesting because I didn't like going to the networking events for live action. We'll get into <laughs> like, we'll get into this because when I was transferred to animation, my experience was entirely different. Yeah. And then one day, my old roommate, he was like, I think I might want to do some animation stuff. And I don't know why, but in that moment, it just clicked with me. I was like, why am I not doing animation? <laughs> because everything, like, I've always, even just the media I've consumed has always been more animation. Like, I was a Nicktoons kid. I was a Cartoon Network kid. Like, I used to always watch, even, you know, I was a Disney kid, too. I loved Recess, Hey Arnold, yeah. Ed, and Eddie. So I hit all three. I hit Nickelodeon, Disney, and There you Cartoon go. Network. Well done, the trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta. So that was always the majority of content that I watched. Even when I got older, um, I just kept watching those exact same shows. Like, you know, some people, they want to say they outgrow it. There's no outgrowing animation. Those stories <laughs> are still amazing stories. I still love them. And then, you know, I, I watch other things. Like, I, I got really big into anime. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, like, I used to watch so much anime. And then, you know, even when it came to, you know, as everyone, I was a big fan of the features, like Pixar and Disney animation, and then, like, I, I loved, like, the Hayao Miyazaki films, mm -hmm. so I just thought about, like, how all my biggest influence and the main content I watched was animation, and how most of the things I wrote could be just translated to animation with, like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Did <laughs> so you ever, like, did you rewrite anything? Did you ever take any of your live action ideas and, and make them yes. in animation, or did you start over? Yeah, you did? Yes, I, I, I did do that. I, there were some things where I was, like, I think this would work better as animation. There's some things where I've, oh, cool. I, I'm, cur I'm currently in the process of, like, like thinking about turning it into a comic and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I decided I was gonna go to animation and immediately it was just a completely different experience. Like everyone in the animation community is, it's very much more of a supportive environment. And, mm -hmm. and I would go as far as to say, is if you surround yourself with the right people, it starts to feel like, you know, like a family. That's, that's mm -hmm. what I would say. And I just, you know, started going to some of the panels thrown by like, you know, the animation guild uh, when they mm -hmm. were open to the public and I just started going to like another great organization is um Latin X and animation mm -hmm. that's a fantastic organization you should definitely yeah. everyone should check it out uh it's great it, it, they really push on having more uh Latin voices and diversity in general see I'm um I'm African-American and and at first I was hesitant to go there but I one of the 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 founders of the group I ended up speaking to them out of out of panel and they're like no man definitely come through man we're trying to get <laughs> we're trying to get everybody we're trying to get everybody on <laughs> and it was so great and i've met so many people i met like a storyboard artist on it everybody was fantastic awesome and then i just kept trying to do that and it, and it, and it, and it stopped going from being a job and a chore to actually being something that i very much enjoyed and enjoying the people that i met and i ended up joining um a writers and animation group mm -hmm. and I ended up sharing my work there. Cool. And yeah, so well, that's that, now we're leading up to how I got my now we're looking at how I got my first opportunity. So let me stop there. Okay, we'll pause <laughs> you there, and I'll ask about that that shift for you creatively. So you'd always loved animation, watching it, consuming it, but was, were there any steps you took on the page? Did you start reading animation scripts and start trying to sort of mimic them more than the live action, or or what was that piece of it like? Yes, 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 yes. So after I decided I want to go into animation, I was like, I mean, I just immediately assumed, I was like, it has to be different. It has to be different. <laughs> like I was even hesitant because I was like, do I need to be able to draw? And I quickly found out that no, sure. you don't, you yeah, don't yeah. necessarily, it helps, it helps for sure. Yeah. But I immediately, um, I would used to, I used to drive out and I would go to the, uh, 
the Writers Guild Library. Yes, I love that place. Such a great resource. I think they're still closed because at the time of recording, it's COVID. But yeah. You can go over there and you can get pretty much any script you imagine. And they have a ton of animation scripts. So I would go over there and I would just think of, you know, shows I enjoy, popular shows, shows I thought they would have. And like I would read through and I would read episodes of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And I remember like looking at like digitally, is it digitally or physically? They had the, they had like the Bible for uh, Batman, the animated series. Awesome. And I, would, and I would just show up there and I would study that. And then online, there's, if, if you look, a lot of times you can find, you know, scripts, um, you can find animation scripts online. And then as I would go to networking events, I would meet, you know, writers who are currently working in the industry. And once we've developed, you know, a certain uh, rapport, mm-hmm. I would reach out. I would say, hey, is it possible if it's not under NDA? you have an old script from this season of a show oh, um, great. like two seasons and I would say hey I, I just I'm just trying to learn I'm just trying to study and they would go ahead and a lot of times they the people were like yeah I, I could send it to you and I would just get the scripts for some shows uh and I would just read them and study them and it was it was fantastic and it was a great yeah. learning experience which I think it really helped me improve my craft and then I felt more comfortable when the opportunity eventually came because it wasn't me scrambling because I'd already been uh, studying the specific craft of animation for like, uh, uh, a, for like a few years at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's so um, key when the opportunity comes that you're already prepared and don't have to suddenly be like, oh, a script sample, sure. <laughs> yes. Let me yes. write something. <laughs> that is the biggest, if I can say it right now, I'm gonna say it multiple times. Say the it. Biggest, the biggest advice I would give to any young writer, and I think you can, you can spread it to creatives in general, is you always need to be working and trying to produce something. You have to actually be writing because you want to have something done. So when the opportunity arises, it's not like I don't have anything right now. Yeah. Uh, you want to be able to say, I have a sample and something's better than nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> if it's not, if you know it's not ready, don't send it. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to come back around and say, yo, I'm going to get it together. But what I'm saying is <laughs> <laughs> on your own, on your own, like I wrote tons of, I, I wrote a bunch of scripts before um, the opportunity arose. So then yeah. when, so when people came to me, when the people reached out, I was like, I, I had even more than one sample. I had two samples, but mm-hmm. you should at least have one. You should at least have one sample. It is, if you're a writer, you need to be writing. And I know it's difficult, but it is <laughs> super important. It's, it's the most important thing. Yeah. And, and what about for you when you were learning, especially, and then even when you were prepping to have the samples shareable, was it about original pilots? Was it about specs? Was it a little of both? I've, um, the vast majority of stuff I've done is original pilots. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's what got me into the door was original pilots. I'm currently unrepresented, but like I've talked to um, a manager. I've had friends who are talking to um, agency managers and a lot of times, at least for them, and I, that's different from, you know, because everybody's gonna want different things. But for yeah. them, they want to hear your original voice so far. I, I know at a time it was, people wanted more specs to see you could write in someone else's voice, because that's also important. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, original pilots have been what has, have what propelled me. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it hurts to do both. If you if you really love right. a show, you know, if you really love a show, go ahead and write a spec for it. I think you probably want to do something that's currently on the air. Like, mm-hmm. like don't do like I don't know. Don't do like a Duckman. If anybody remembers Duckman. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's the it's show okay. I love? If Duckman really connects with you, man. You know what? Go off. I don't even know how I know Duckman. I was like, like I'm 26. Like I probably should not even know that show. It, it used to come on. Like when I was a kid. When I was a kid. Like 10 years old, it would come on, I want to say FX, at like four o'clock in the morning. And I would watch Duckman and let me tell you, this should not look cute. I was watching Duckman and the Critic. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't get any of these references. <laughs> but it goes to show you that, you know, animation is, you know, it spreads the gamut for all ages. There you go. Yeah. You were just prepping for this day. It's fine. Yeah. You needed a wide array of, of uh, influences. You never know when the critic will come back to help you. <laughs> That's true. Did you did you feel like when you were first making that shift as well that you 
what about the craft was different? Were there some things that just really stood out to you in those animation scripts that you hadn't seen in live action scripts? I think when it comes to animation scripts and, and, and when you look at a lot of animation scripts, a lot of times there can be more scene description mm -hmm. uh, because that you really want to make it clear what the storyboard artists are going to be drawing. So I would say there's more direction in that mm -hmm. sense, but, but again, that, I think that depends on your show because the show I've written on is like, it's like mainly like everyone, we have like a writer and then we have like the artist. I know there's some shows where it's more of like the storyboard arts and everything like that. So I, I can't speak on that. I know that's a completely different situation. Um, but in my, I think you really want to be, you really want to be clear and try to give, animation scripts are definitely more visual is what I would say. Animation scripts are definitely more mm -hmm. visual. Now to, the, now to the extent of it, I think that's gonna depend on the room you're in, mm -hmm. but you definitely want to really focus on writing visually. And I think that's one of the amazing things about animation is that there are less limits on what you can do visually. There's still limits. A lot of people don't understand that, <laughs> like there's still a budget. Like it's not like people are like, you can just draw whatever you want. No, but like there's assets that people have to pay for. There's, yeah. art, there's artist time you have to pay for. But what I'm saying is it's like, like it's not like a difference necessarily between practical effects you know like it's like mm -hmm. it's all art and animation from what i know everyone take this with a grain of salt because you know i'm i'm still new to the business no, you're doing great <laughs> these are all so true. Don't, hit my, don't hit my twitter and be like yo why are you spreading this information yo fam come on i'm just trying to help <laughs> you are helping i i was gonna agree that was the biggest i don't want to say relief but kind of when i first read animation scripts, I felt this freedom to be more visual on the page coming from film school where you were writing live action stuff and they were telling you don't, that's the director's job, that's the cinematographer's job. It was so freeing to be like, oh, I can visually describe this funny joke. Great. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's fun. Absolutely. I think it, it, it brings a whole new muscle to writers too of having to sort of be a cinematographer on the page and um, Think about those shots i agree i agree and i think it just even just going off of how you have so much freedom visually i think that also can inform the kind of stories that people tell i feel like in animation at least in my experience it is and i don't want to because don't get me wrong i've met some amazing live action people especially in the independent space but for animation i feel like there is just i guess i would just say more freedom like people just even though there's a budget i feel like people the stories they tell are or, or the, the ideas they come up with and the way they can convey ideas when you can when you can make a world on a different planet like that i snapped for everyone <laughs> <laughs> like i think it i think you kind of uh you know you let the chains off and you can just really go for it and, and really be ambitious with your storytelling and with the settings and yeah did you find in your your first couple experiences that you had a favorite step in the process are you a, a premise guy an outline Hater, okay. what are your, what's your favorite? My two favorite things are, I'm a big idea guy. I love just cranking out ideas. That's okay. So I'm really into the premise. I'm really into the, here's the log line. Here's what it's about. Like, isn't this crazy? I, I, I love that part of it. And then I really love editing. I'm really big in editing. I like going back and fixing things and, and making jokes funnier and yeah. tightening up the structure like that. That is, I think a lot of writers are like that. Not everybody, but I, I really like, after it's on the page, circling back and 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 getting people's notes, and because getting notes, again, if you're a new writer, you should be super open to notes, especially when they're coming from uh, people in the industry and even just your friends. A lot of people they like like if they're pursuing this. They themselves have a different perspective and they have an understanding of storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I would always say when you're writing, you know, just go get notes. And that's some people don't like it. You got to put your ego out the door and just listen because there's so many notes I get. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would this would 100% elevate what I already have. Yeah. So I, I, I love just getting notes and then going back and making it better. Um, and yeah, even when, even before I get notes, I just like going back and editing. I have to be careful though, because I'm one of those writers that like, I will write while I edit and that's, that can take up time. I, I, I really don't do that when I'm, in, in my experience so far on my actual job, I don't do that because again, there's deadlines. <laughs> yes, those will help you out real quick. But... But yeah, I, I, I love editing almost too much. 
Do you have a part that's sort of the the one you you dread reaching, or are you pretty comfortable with all of them at this point? I I, I really enjoy. I mean, I I feel comfortable with all aspects of it. I was never a big outline guy until okay. I got on the show that I'm on now, which is little Ellen. I don't know. Maybe we're like 40 minutes into this and they don't know the name. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but I was never really a big outliner until I got into the show I'm on now. And I, you know, I, I, they showed me how they did it. And I really, I've taken it into even my own original work as I, I'm still, I'm always writing, even when I'm not on the show. So I yeah. freelance, but even when I'm not on the show, I'm constantly writing and I'm just constantly making these samples partially to show to people for more opportunities, but also just because I love storytelling. So I've taken their way of outlining and I've made it a part of my process. So it's not, I used to despise it, but now I'm, I'm okay with it. And it definitely helps because when you, when you have an outline, it, everything just goes so much faster. Yeah, that's great. I had a similar experience where I, I used to just write. And then once I was paid and had to outline, I was like, why have I not been doing this all along? You can't know. Uh, you don't got the well, outline. You'd be right. You'd be right. You'd be in the second act. You'd be like, what's yeah. happening? What's happening? We'll get somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Part of the journey, right? It's fun. I'm I'm just following my characters. <laughs> okay, so that's your journey. Those are your the things you like about animation writing. Let's talk, unless you need a break. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Let's truck. Let's keep trucking. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to talk today about the process of your first freelance script. As I mentioned, it's something people are very interested in and want to know about so that they're ready when they get that first one. Because I think a lot of people, they don't know really what to expect. We can read about screenwriting, we can write specs and pilots, but the process of actually being hired to do it for the first time is sort of a mystery. So we're gonna to hope to alleviate some of that today. So for you, what was the process of getting hired? How did you, what steps were you taking? You said networking. You then I'm assuming started turning those networking opportunities into reading opportunities, getting your work out there. Mm -hmm. and, and so what other steps maybe did you take and what was it like actually getting hired or how did you do it? Yeah, so I would say that the most important thing in my experience so far has been, I know I touched on this earlier, but have a sample, have the work done, then go out there and meet people and build genuine connections. Mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't just go out there and say like, oh, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? That, that doesn't really interest anybody. In the <laughs> end, like, like what you, you need to go out there and, and build genuine connections with people. And then, and it doesn't always have to be somebody above you. It could just be somebody to the side of you because everyone's always rising up. I have friends right now who I've met in an animation writers group. And like, you know, some of them are still looking for the next job. Some of them are working on, uh, you know, web series and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is important just to be, just honestly, man, just be genuine friends with people. Like yeah. I, I, I met Kendall and Kendall's awesome. Like I like, like I enjoy me and Kendall don't talk every day. I'm not saying like third person. <laughs> We're gonna change that. <laughs> we are gonna change it, but we don't talk every day. But like I generally like like Kendall. We're we're friends, and and that is, and I would say that's really what matters most. And and when you go talk to you, you have to be able to put yourself out there, and just talk to people, and like I said, become real friends with them. Like a lot of the people I know now. Like I like I've sat down and I and I've on my own time just talked to them and they've told me stories and I've told them stories about my life. Like some of my friends in the writing community, like like when you're reading somebody, be like, hey, because you have stuff in common. Mm -hmm. you're, you're going into animation. I've met people, writers on other shows, who now give me notes. And I don't just talk to them about the notes. I talk to them because like I know, oh, I know you're into sci-fi and I'm into sci-fi too. Like, did you see the new Doom trailer? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that that's exactly and, and you like I have um a friend who invited me it, who got me into the writers group where I was able to share my work which was then able to propel me to yeah uh, a job the person who just invited me like we both like fighting games I'm a big Street Fighter fan and and and, and he's really big into uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee so like I he, he's I know he's he's gonna be mad because he's waiting on me but like we were like we're supposed to be playing Melee together <laughs> we talked we're like we're like we're, we play video games together 
so yeah, I would say, have, you know, make sure you've actually been writing, have the work done, uh, go out there, meet people, be willing to put your work out there, share it with people, mm -hmm. ask for notes for people, because you, because especially, you never know who's, who knows somebody, sure. um, or what people are willing to offer, don't, don't just, you know, be the first thing you do is ask somebody for something, no, <laughs> actually, you know, show up to some panels, talk to them, and then share your work. And then I ended up sharing my work. What's funny is Patrick uh, Riga was on your last episode. Yeah. I, I had met Patrick. I had gone to a few of his panels. I ended up getting invited to the animation writers group that you, that he actually mentioned in his last episode. So the person I got invited into it, it was on Facebook. I shared my work. I was just like, hey, I'm just looking for notes on this. That's it. I was genuinely just looking for notes on this. Patrick reached out and he was like, oh, I'll take a look mm -hmm. at it. I was like, this dude, this dude is looking, I was like, okay, I was like, I didn't even know who it was. I was like, I looked, I was like, this story editor guy, Cartoon Network. <laughs> and he looked at it and he read it and then he sent it around to people and it got in the right people's hands. And that's how I ended up going over to the show and being able to freelance on what I did. And it was because I was willing to put myself out there and also just like, like you know, meet people. Yeah. And genuinely, like you said, which is so key. And I don't want people to, um, I think we can get discouraged that it's always about meeting the right people and it is, but I think what's most important is that it's having the work to back it up. It wasn't just that Patrick liked you. He didn't even really know you maybe at the time when he said he'd yeah. read it, is that you took that opportunity, put it out there, but then when he read it, it was worth sharing with other people. Yes, 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 you're absolutely right. It's really the combo. And I don't know that one outweighs the other, which I hope is more encouraging than discouraging, but. I mean, I don't know. You know, if you're the son of Mr. Paramount, if you're, if you're Mr. Paramount, <laughs> if you're like my dad owns Warner Brothers, you know, maybe you ain't gotta have work done. You're right. But if you're a regular Excuse person me. like me, who went to UCF, I went to UCF, fam, I've never shown my resume to any. I applied to Assistant Jobs Forever. Ain't nobody looking for the UCF guy. <laughs> You need to go out there and be friends with people. Start playing video games <laughs> and have fun <laughs> and live your life. It can be discouraging, but you know, you just keep at it. Yeah. I just <laughs> Yes, all of that is very true. I just your last people... name is Disney though. Your last name is Disney. Don't this does not apply. <laughs> this does not apply. But I just want people to know that it's it's both. It's not it can't it just be waiting not waiting but even aggressively waiting even if you're waiting for your time to come but meeting as many people as you can you still have to have the good script that they're going to read and then share yes you can network all day but you, if the work's not there and it's not at the quality that it needs yeah. to be like like is you, you don't want to waste that opportunity yeah um, and, and even when i say that in the same breath just know your craft, but also trust yourself, you know, because I know a lot of writers, they fall into the trap of thinking it'll never be good enough. Yes. But that's, but that's why you send it to other people and you get their opinions on it and don't expect things. When I sent the thing to Patrick for notes, I was not expecting for him to pass it on to somebody who would then end up getting me my first freelance opportunity. I expected notes. Right. And I thought it was going to be amazing notes because it's coming from a story editor and I was going to, you know, do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that was happening sort of almost behind the scenes. I don't know if you even knew that Patrick had passed it on and then eventually it gets into the right hands, the right place, and you get a phone call, you get an email. Who's it from? How does that happen? <laughs> for the first phone call I got, it's actually funny because I, I didn't know. Like he, he took it and then it was silence for a few months, I want to say. <laughs> and the silence, I was like, you know, like, he's busy. I'm not going to press him. He's, I'm sure he's reading it, you know. But then he, when he sent me the email saying I sent it around to people, then it was quiet for a, another long time. A big part of this is patience in the waiting game. Yeah. Um, and I got a call from Warner Brothers and it was to pitch for one of their properties. Yeah, yeah I don't know if you know this. I got before I got the gig I got, it was a pitch on one of their properties. They were looking for a direct to DVD movie, a direct to video movie. What? Yes, yes. I got, I got called and they're like, hey, do you, we have this, we're looking, we're looking for pitches. Do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I went and I pitched to them. They're like, cool, cool, cool. They liked me, but I didn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Experience though. Was that, was that fun to, to 
do a big studio pitch? I mean, were you, how nervous were you? Or were you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, I was in shambles. I was, I was super nervous. I was super nervous. I got in the room and I, and I did pretty, I, I think I did pretty good. Um, but going into it, it was, I was terrified and I did, and I, and I, and the pitch was like a week turnaround. So I did it in like a week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they, so they, um, I don't know if it had to be a week, but I was like, I can't mess this up. I got to get the opportunity. So I went in and I pitched it to them. They asked for some materials. I didn't, again, I only did it in a week, so I didn't have like a Bible or anything ready to go. So I just sent them something. <laughs> I was like, no, hey, man, just send us, you know, just send us like a paragraph about what it's about. They were real chill. <laughs> and I didn't hear back. I was like, oh, well, you know, good, good experience. And then, and then the second call I got was from Robin Brown at Disney Junior. Oh, okay. And and I want to bring up Robin just because, like you, uh, Robin has been super duper amazing. She's over at Disney Junior. She last time uh, we spoke, she was working on Tops, mm-hmm. and she called me up, and she was like, "Hey, I got your samples," and and I was just wondering if you'd ever be interested in doing preschool kind of work. And I never thought about it before because all my stuff, my samples were six to eleven. Right. And I never thought about it before, but she sat me down and we talked about it and we just had a conversation about preschool and how earnest it is. And it very much appealed to me. So I was like, yeah, I think I would be interested in it. Um, and there was no, there was no opportunity at the time, mm-hmm. but it, it, it opened my mind to possibly doing something like that. And me and Robin are still friends to this day. Uh, you know, we talk every so often again building genuine relationships with people yeah um but I say that all to say then I got the call from Warner Brothers and it felt like destiny because I got called and was like hey we're doing this bridge show and I just had a conversation not too long ago with Robin about preschool and bridge you know like would you ever be interested in it and I was like I was like yeah I would absolutely be interested I literally (laughs) had a conversation with somebody very recently the stars have a line yeah and it was it was Warner Brothers for the show little Ellen uh the person who reached out to me um, I believe, um, was it both of them? It, it, it was, it was Jen, you know, Jen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, Jen, it was, it, it was Jennifer Skelly and it was Jason Blackman who are the story editors over on Little Ellen. And they called me up and they said, Hey, we have this preschool show. We got your samples. We think that, um, you know, you might be a good fit. Would you like to come in and we could talk about it? Um, and this is during COVID. So I, I ended up jumping onto a Zoom call with them. And in the time I'm thinking this is an interview, I'm super nervous. I'm sure. Like, I'm like, this is an interview. So you basically actually go into what the show is about. Okay. Um, and after that, they were like, okay, so are you still interested? It's preschool bridge. It's it's Ellen DeGeneres as like a child. Uh, these are our characters, this is the world. Does that interest you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because it did interest me. Um, yeah. And Right there, they're like, all right, cool, we'll see you the paperwork. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was an interview. There was, it, it, I, I thought it was like, they're gonna be like, you know, well, you know, we talked to you, but we're gonna keep it moving. <laughs> they, you they, were interviewing them. They wanted to make sure you were interested in what they had. Yeah, I, I, that is not <laughs> what I was expecting. I was like, what, what? They're like, yeah, we'll have the producers uh, send you the paperwork. And, you know, like I, a week later, they sent me the paperwork and I signed on to do some freelance for the show. and. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second, but it was an amazing experience and an amazing room. Cool. Okay. So yeah. So for you, it was the story editor and producer of the show reaching out directly. Um, Yes. Bringing you in, have a little chat about the world, the characters, sort of a soft pitch of the show, making sure creatively you feel good about it. You thought it was an interview, but I think they'd already maybe made up their minds as long as you liked it. Sounds like. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then but paperwork. I, but I had samples, everybody. I had samples. Well, yeah, they'd already read your stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's why you even got in the room. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, I feel like this is a pretty common thing where if someone reads you, you know, read your samples and they're like 90% sure they're going to hire you. And then they get on the phone or they get you in the room just for that last 10% of like, can we work with this person? You're not a crazy person. So yes. Well, they don't know that. I could be crazy. We don't know. Uh, cool. So then paperwork comes. I remember this. I'm. This might sound 
boring perhaps, but I remember getting the first paperwork and just being like, what? So what was that like? And you said you don't have representation. I didn't have representation when I did my first freelance. So did you get the paperwork and you were just like, cool, and just signed everything or? <laughs> what um, did you do? What did you yeah. do? I was like, someone's paying me to write, sold. Where right. I'll sign wherever <laughs> I need to sign. Yeah. So I had a friend and he was like, yeah, man, you know, I might know an entertainment lawyer you can get in contact with, you know, okay. I, it might take a few weeks. I was like, nah, 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 nah. I read it myself. I was like, it seems like everything's aligned to me. <laughs> I was like, what I did was I went, I checked. Um, I'm not um, in the animation guild yet. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, trying to get in. Uh, Pat, Patrick was on, uh, at the time of recording, he was on the episode <laughs> before me. And, you know, Animation Guild is a great resource. Everyone should join uh, workers. Uh, worker solidarity is super important. Um, but I just, I went on the, I just went on the Guild uh, website and I looked at like what the animation minimum was. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I was just like, all right, let me just like, you know, just to, just to see what the, how they were paying me. And it, and it was pretty much to the minimum. And it was my first gig. So I was like, absolutely, let's, let's sign this paperwork and let's go. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'm glad we're in the same boat. I don't know how advisable that is, but it's your first one. You don't really have any negotiating yeah. power without reps. Yeah. yeah. I was going to be like, all right, guys, I'm going to need you to double my offer. <laughs> yeah. How bad do you want me? <laughs> They'd call that bluff pretty fast. I would be afraid. Um, okay, cool. So, so you get the paperwork going. So then what's the onboarding like? What do they send you? Is it coming directly from the story editor? How does that communication begin? So at the time when they first brought me in to freelance, they brought in two other writers. Uh, they're uh, uh, the Gibbs sisters, Shawnee and Chanel. They're fantastic, everybody. You should follow You should follow <laughs> them. I don't know what the Twitter is, but they, they also write comics. You should check that out. They're the best. You know the Gibbs sisters. Yeah, I love <laughs> them. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they had brought them into freelance too. So they, so they brought us on at the same time. And we basically mm. had, did we immediately go into, I think, yeah, we all, all of us, if my recollection is complete, we went into a room because they, they ended up sending us premises because they already knew what episodes they wanted us to write. Oh, okay. So you didn't have to pitch ideas at that point. You were sort of no. assigned a premise to run with. Jen okay. was great. Jen offered to say, she was like, hey, do you want to write something that's, um, do you want to pitch original ideas? Do you want to do something uh, we already have? And I chose something that they already had. I was like, give me something you guys already have because I haven't written an episode of the show yet. I want to be familiar with the voice and the tone. I think that'll be Smart. the best way to get my feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. So she, so, so they signed me a premise and they signed the Gibbs sisters a premise. And we, we basically, uh, from there, we, we did a, we, we broke the story and we basically came up with the notes for us to write the outline for each of our episodes. Mm-hmm. They had an episode, not had an episode. And we, we sat in the room and we talked about, you know, we, we already had the summary of it, but we talked about exactly what beats to hit mm-hmm. for the entire episode and, and kind of went in depth, especially because it was our first um, episodes we were writing. Uh, right. My first episode ever, there is not first episode ever, mine <laughs> ever, first episode for them on the show. <laughs> well, let me back you up just a little bit. Before you even went to that meeting, what kind of materials were you sent? Did they send oh. you... Uh, a Bible, example episodes, and how'd you prep yes. for that? Yes. Okay. So I got I got invited to. Uh, they have like an online network where they where they had all the materials for the show, and they sent me the Bible. They sent me concept art. They sent me premises for a bunch of the episodes they I've already written or ones they planned on doing. They sent me um, what else? They literally sent episodes that had been written already. And I just sat down and I just consumed it all. I, I sat down, I looked at all the concept art. I read the Bible front to back. It was super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, um, I read the episodes, which I think, you know, the, reading the Bible and episodes are the most important part. So I sat down and I, just, and I just read it and I tried to get a real good grasp of the characters mm-hmm. uh, and how they spoke, what their voice was, um, just so I could be in line for when I actually wrote my episode. Uh, so yeah, if you're, if you if you're when when you get into the position to be brought into a show, it is not just you start writing. It is yeah. Make sure that you are a good team player because it's their show. It's not your show. So make sure 
that you sit down and you read and you study and you ask questions. I was in a great room. Jennifer Skelly, J Jason uh, Blackman are amazing writers and leaders. They made it very easy for me to approach them and, and, and come to them if I had questions about the show. And you wanna be open about those questions because it's only gonna help you make your script better mm -hmm. because you'll understand their characters better and you understand the world better. So when you actually set, sit down to set pen to paper and you actually write it out, it'll be closer to what their actual goal is for the show. Mm -hmm. You get hired to write for them. If, if you're the story editor, you know, that's your first gig, you know, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So you get all these materials, you've got this meeting set. Did you, you had your premise before this meeting. Did you then come into that meeting, that story break with sort of notes on how you thought all the beats would go? And, or, or was it more, you came with maybe some questions and then let them sort of lead the flow. How did you prep for that? meeting i okay so i had the premise i read it and then i came up with what i think would work okay yeah I, i'd never been in a room before so i did not know exactly how it was going to play out so i let you know as you should i let the story editors take the lead yeah. um and i let them say what they thought would be cool to do and what beats they kind of wanted to hit and then i would i would adjust whatever my beats were to their vision mm -hmm. um, and i would also give my recommendation if i if i if i i know this might be intimidating i'm a i'm a person who will voice my opinion in just a respectful way so sure. i was like okay this is awesome and i was like but i would also try to be like i'd be like well what if we did it like this you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. if, we were, if we we're trying to find out solutions just so i could be you know, because they, they brought you on for your voice. They want to hear what you have to say. They want to hear right. how you see things. But remember, they're the captain of the ship. But yeah, I came, I came in exactly how I thought it would be cool for the episode to go. And then they would be like, okay, this is kind of what we want to do. And some of the stuff lined up with what I wanted to do. Some of the stuff didn't necessarily line up with what I wanted to do. But I was like, okay, that is cool, though. That's even cooler than what I thought. And I would then just give feedback and we just kind of bounce back and forth. And the Gibson was there. They were giving input on the episode, too. It was an entire team collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our uh, our coordinator, Madeline Care. She's she she actually started doing um, freelance on the show too. Now she's she's right on the show. She was there. She would give her opinion too. And and it was it was just a real team effort to figure it out. But I I personally I would not go into the room with nothing. Go into the room and have like how how yeah. you play it out, and then just be and then just be malleable, be flexible, and work together. Totally. That's the best. The best case scenario is. If it's if it gets quiet, you have something already pre-planned that where you a direction you want to take it in, and then you're open to other people having better ideas. It's it's like yes. a, you yes. got to have both ready. Um, yeah, you have to have both ready, and keep in mind that everyone has their different strengths. Yeah. So it's like for me, like I like I, I write a bunch of um, comedy, and I write a bunch of action, and I write a bunch of you know coming of age stuff. But in the room. In the room, I'm not a, and I, and I recognize this in myself, I'm not the pitch joke guy in the room. I'm not gonna be like, here's a billion jokes. I can come up with jokes for sure. And I, and I will do that when they come to me. But I, and in my experience, similar to Jen, like we're very much more uh, core of the story people and like what the emotional arcs are. So that's what I, so that's more of what I was providing in the room of like what the plot was and what the emotional arc was. And that's what I really try to get feedback on. But then there, you know, there's people in the room who are people who are like, okay, but this is an amazing joke. I'm coming like, and they're just like, they're just banging them out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great because I think you need all types of people. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you do this story break and then it's time for you to head out and write the outline. How mm -hmm. long did you get for the first pass of the outline? I'm guessing, actually, I don't even know what they had you do. Did you do two passes of the outline or just one? Who'd you get notes from? What was um, the outline outline process? So when it came to the outline, I was given a few weeks to do the outline. Okay. Um, I think I was given like two or three weeks. Um, yeah, I sat down and we 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 we'd already been sitting since Ma uh, since uh, Mads and Madeline. She did such an amazing job. I had a complete record of everything we talked about in the meeting. Mm -hmm. So then it was 
it was expanding that into the outline and filling in the gaps from our conversation. So we so in our, so our outline process at Little Ellen was we pretty much just go scene by scene. So it is like you know, almost like you're writing the script. And I, and I uh, so it's just you know whatever the scene heading is, and then we write exactly what's happening. We even include some of the jokes, and then we move on until and we do that for Act One, Act Two, and Act Three. Mm -hmm. I took some time. I let it marinate, and I went ahead and I just I, I kind of just try to translate our conversation and what they wanted and what I thought would be good too into the outline. And, and, and then I also, I, I look at the conversations and in the room as a strong, I take it as a strong, strong guide. But at the same time, you have to have your own instincts to be like, there's sometimes you, you're writing something, you're writing the outline and you're like, okay, this is kind of like the pacing's kind of off mm -hmm. or being, or being like, I feel like, I, I feel like the emotional, impact of this scene would be stronger if we if we did something extra up here to set that up mm -hmm. and i would take the liberty to do that but i want to form my story editor i would say hey uh we talked about this what do you think about this too and then she would respond by she's like oh you know i think that's great or she, you know she would give me whatever her feedback was when you turned that outline in did you get direct feedback from Jen? Did she just take her pass and it went off to the network and then you guys got notes? Do you, how did that part work? Um, so I ended up, so I wrote two episodes for it, um, for Little Ellen. On both fronts, we got, uh, she gave notes and we got notes from the network. And then okay. I went back and I, and I altered the outline to those notes. Um, yeah, the second time it was, I did, I think I want to say I did like, I think the first time I did like one pass, the second time I did multiple passes. Cause that was, that episode was hard uh, for the team to get off the ground to even be, you know, able to do in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but I ended up doing multiple passes on that one. And, and, and I expected that because in the second time the outline was, uh, or, or the conversation we had was a lot looser in the story break room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the first time it was a lot more hands-on. The second time it was a lot looser and it was just like, it was more of a broad idea and then I brought it together. And they really liked it, but they just were like, okay, we really like this, make these edits uh, so we can so we can convey this idea more or mm -hmm. for the pacing of this. So yeah, I, yeah, I got past it and I would rewrite it and then I would send it to them. And yeah, they would send it off to the network until eventually the network approved it. And then we were off to the races to write the script. Awesome. And I think something that in the process I didn't really know until I was doing it was just that the evolution of it from my hands to the story editor's hands to sometimes even the showrunner's hands and then the network. So sometimes when you go from outline to script, the outline you're going to work from when you go to draft is can be quite different from the last time you saw it. Yes. Because it's touched yeah. so many hands after you. So was that the case for either of your episodes and for the for the second episode i wrote it was a lot more of that because the network was afraid that it was too similar to an episode that they'd already done sure yeah which out of your hands and how could you know as a freelancer there's just so many i think it's a surprise sometimes to us as writers especially freelance when we get something back and we're like wow this really changed is it because they didn't like what I did? And it has nothing to do with us. <laughs> it went through so many things between yes. us and the next step. And I, I think it's important to uh, point that out. But okay, yes. so you get it back and it's it's pretty different. Did it, you, it, it, go off. Did you go, did you, were you then launched to script and they just sort of told you about the changes and why? Or were they like, here's the outline, now write the script. What was that step like? Um, They... When I got the outline, they were pretty much like, hey, here's the outline. Um, we made some changes here. Uh, just uh, here's the reasons why, just to, for example, just to make it more clear why this episode needs to, this story needs to be told and it hasn't already been told kind mm -hmm. of thing. And then it was, and then it was just like, go ahead and write the script. And it was crazy because that, that episode was, that episode, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. It, like, it, 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 it is. I can't wait for people to see it. But that episode was a trip because like it was like the premise took a minute to get approved. I wrote the premise on that one. The first time I read the premise. The second one right. I wrote the premise on it. And then they were like, it's too similar. And then the premise eventually got approved. And then the outline came and they're like, 
Yeah, this is okay. Okay. Still a little too similar though. We realize still too similar. <laughs> but, we, but we got there. We got there. Yeah. It always gets there in the end or it dies, but usually it gets there in the end. Were you assigned a springboard for that premise or did you pitch original ideas for the second episode? Um, for the second episode, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a springboard. They already, they already had the, uh, okay. ready. Uh, I, I pitched episodes, um, and my story editor really liked them. Um, but we were already pretty deep into the season when I got brought on. Right. So it's like, you know, maybe it's, Hey, fingers crossed. Maybe it'll be something in season two. Everybody watch little Ellen. Uh, Get a season two. Get a season two. <laughs> Dude, Support right. young writers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His future is riding on your viewership. So, uh, cool. Okay, so what was it like going to your first script? How did you approach it? I mean, outlines typically on these animated shows are so detailed that it takes away a lot of the fear of jumping to script. But how did you, what was your process like for it? Did you jump right in? Do you jump around when you write scripts? What did you do? Um, I'm a person who writes front to back, so I don't, okay typically jump around. I used to, it just, for me, uh, unless I'm super stuck, I don't like to do it because it'll take me, it's just not, my mind doesn't work that way. So um, yeah, I write front to back, the outline again, because the outlines are so detailed, like you can write super fast. You can write super duper fast, but how I approached it, um, well, I did write quickly. It wasn't like, I don't, I'm not, I just don't, didn't want to like just copy and paste the outline. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what I wanted to do. Again, even even when you're writing, it is, you know, what what is in the premise and what is in the outline, what is in the script, there's there's small changes when you're when you're doing that translation. I mean, or they can be big changes because when it's actually written out, you're like, okay, so this scene, it's not working the way we thought it would work. So I would, I would sit down and I would write the outline and you know. It was super smooth, like butter, and I would and I would just, you know, uh, it, it was a pretty easy uh, type, type, type into the Word document. I would um, some things you could just be like, all right, so I can copy and paste this little line of scene description. But at the same time, I I, I stayed aware and I and I kept my I try to keep my storytelling cap on, mm-hmm. and and I would sometimes include a joke. Right? If I had a joke that I thought was great, I would write it into the script. You know, if there's a joke we have in the outline, and I think there's a better version of the joke, or or it's a different joke that works even better, I'll write it. We can always do that other joke. Yeah, I'll just write it, and it doesn't matter because by the time we do three passes, someone's came up with an even more amazing joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just keep building. Yeah, it's just it's just building. It's just understanding that it's a team effort. Everyone wants the show to be as best they can. So yeah, take 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 those chances, take those risks. Don't go. I, I wouldn't go super off book. I would like, <laughs> like I would, yeah. we have the outline, right? Write, write the outline into the script. But um, as far as like actually in the scene, some of the dialogue, even some of, even if some of the beats, like if you feel when you're writing, like, oh, we're going to have a moment where a character gets really upset. Uh, if you feel like the moment needs to play a little bit longer and you want to, and you want to convey that into the script, totally, I, I would say that is an acceptable time to do that. And I, and, and, and when I would, and I would write it out, and then when I would send the script off to Jen and Jason, I would let them know. I would say, I would say, and again, my scripts are very similar to the outlines, but any changes that I did make, I would say, hey, this is the change I made, and this is why yeah. I made it, so they could understand. That's great. Giving a heads up is always uh, appreciated, and it makes for a happier reader because they're not stunned by any change um, if they're yeah. warned. And did you write? Two drafts of script, two drafts and a polish. What was your experience on Ellen? Uh, on Ellen, I um, for both of them, I I just wrote I, I wrote one draft and and Jen was like, she's like, there's big rewrites. We'll send it back. Otherwise, we're just gonna do some passes on it. And they just Great. Do some passes on it for both of them. And it was, yeah, it was relatively, relatively easy, as far as that was concerned. Cool. So okay, so through this whole process and. Clearly, you did a great enough job. They asked you back for a second one, which is always the dream in yes. freelance. Yes, um, and, and Jen is the real homie. Jen said that we, if we get a season two, she'll bring me back to do more freelance on that too. 
See, that's the goal. And then you just build from there. That's how it snowballs. Um, that's awesome. Uh, during, so sort of taking a step back, looking at the whole process, what surprised you most about freelancing on your first script? Was there anything that you were like, well, that's how you make an animated script? <laughs> was there anything shocking? Um, what was shocking? What was shocking? Or, or maybe that you just had never been told before? Yes, yes. Okay, so for me, I, I was kind of surprised by a few of the constraints. We talked about it earlier. That, mm. And I, I already knew going, in so, going into it that, because um, I've been to panels, I talked to, you know, people that there's limitations to it, like limitations. But some of the limitations that came up, like I, I, I was surprised. There was a point where they were like, like the, the network was like, there's too many voices. We're only doing, like, like this is the number of oh. voices we can have in an episode. I didn't even know that. Like, yeah. they, like this is the number of voices you have in the episode. Uh, can these characters double up? Can we, can we have this character say nothing this episode? Uh, if they're not saying anything, can we cut them out? I, I was kind of, uh, surprised by that and I would also say surprised but this is a big compliment I, I was and my first experience was amazing and super supportive and, and and I was a little I was pleasantly surprised of how open my story editor and the entire team was to um just taking the time to speak to me about the show if I had any questions like even I, I mean beyond the first conversation just having conversations, I was able to reach out to Jen and we sat down on our own time and we just had and we just had conversations mm. about about life and just about storytelling. And I I didn't, especially being freelance, I didn't know how much of it was going to be um just okay, send us a script and that's it. But right. in my first experience, and I and I can't say it's gonna be for everyone, how open people are to sharing their knowledge with you and sitting down with you and just having conversations and Jen even went as far as she offered me to like sit in on uh the uh the table read for the episode great and that was amazing and I, and I didn't I didn't see that coming yeah so, so if you if you're in a situation where it's your first new room you know gaze the situation but you know maybe don't be afraid to ask so again in animation everyone is so kind <laughs> talk to your story editor say hey can I show up to a can I check into a production meeting? Can I check into um, and listen to the table read? Can I just talk to you about storytelling or how you view stories? Because again, it should always be trying to improve your craft. So, and, and if this person's a story editor, again, a lot of times they have a lot of experience and they can give you a perspective and, and, and help you. So you can become a better storyteller for, for the show you're on and then for future opportunities. I think mm -hmm. if one day you become a story editor, you know, that's it. Yeah. For sure. Is there anything looking back that you know now that you wish you'd known before you started your first freelance script? Um, that is a good question, Kendall. Did I stump you? And you might have stumped <laughs> me. You might have stumped me. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would say, I'm not sure. I, in place of that, I would like to give some other advice though if I could please that was going to be my next that was the next question <laughs> uh I would say specifically if you're like a person of color right to have grace with yourself and to take care of your physical and mental health because last year when I first got my opportunity it, it, last year there was a whole Black Lives Matter thing going on it was a very stressful time mm -hmm. um, and I and, and it's a lot of pressure, especially being your first opportunity, because you do not want to blow your first opportunity. But at the same time, I think that, you know, you need to be able to take a step back, breathe, you know, give your, you know, put in the work, get the job done. But at the same time, don't, don't stress yourself out about everything and take time for yourself. If, if you're looking on the news and it's depressing you, and, and, and this can even extend to other people as well, but you're looking on the news and it's depressing you or you're going to protest or stuff like that as well, like remember to give yourself time to relax and to breathe so you don't burn yourself out 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's super important. Yeah, because because it, 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 it's pressure. It's pressure, and it's pressure that sometimes I feel like people don't think about. Like for me, I go into this room, and it's my first opportunity. But I'm also, again, I was in an amazing room, and the people were very conscious of social issues, and they wanted to hear my perspective, and they wanted me to voice something if they if, if I felt like something was not culturally sensitive or racially sensitive. So I was, I was in a great position. At the same time, I still just felt personal pressure because I'm like, even though it's my opportunity and I don't wanna blow it, I'm also like, I don't wanna mess up. And then if I mess up, now another person of color doesn't get that opportunity. And I think that sometimes um, people don't realize that is that sometimes like, but that's, but that's a lot to put, that's a lot to put on yourself. Yeah. So have grace with yourself is what I would say. And just do the job. You can do it. You got this. You can do it. You can do it. And then you'll be asked back to do it again because you crushed it so hard. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Closing us out. Do you have any general advice for anyone getting into this? General advice. Um, another piece of advice I would give that I haven't already touched on is that this is an industry where you always have to be looking forward to the next thing because mm. you don't know if the show is going to be coming back you don't know uh you might not always know your position and especially with it being getting paid in lump sums it's just super important to always be looking forward to the future and just continuing to uh nurture the connections you do have and trying to build new connections uh because you never know when something could come up you, you're talking to somebody two months ago they can get you a job in in a year and a half no no right. So just continue, you don't, even when you're writing, it like make sure your first priority is you're on this show. Do a good job on that. Um, but with your other time, try to reach out to other people. Talk to people, continue to build connections. It's not just like, oh, I got into, I got on the ship. It's good to go. Everything's gonna keep sailing smoothly. Reach out to people. Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you have time, continue to work on your own original ideas. Um, talk to you. I had a conversation. I, I, I asked my um, showrunner to introduce me to um, the execs for our show. And I let Great. them know that I'm looking for uh, more freelance opportunities. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to really enjoy me. They still keep me in mind. And they introduced me to uh, an exec um, over at DC because cool. uh, they heard I like DC stuff. So now that I, I had the conversation with that person yesterday, it was amazing. It was Good. Amazing. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just putting, it's just, don't get too comfortable and just keep trying to stay in the best position that you can. Because again, this is my first freelance gig. I know a lot of people say after their first one, it's free quiet. I'm trying for that not to be the case. Hey, if you listen to me on this podcast, you know, I'm looking for more positions, everybody. So holler at me. I do action comedy and coming of age stories. You can hit me at uh at Carlton Creates on Twitter. I'm making sure that Kindle has no outro. <laughs> I don't want one. You're the new outro. Plug everything. Ask. We're plugging everything, everybody. Make sure to follow Kindle on Twitter. Make sure to follow. <laughs> no, I was gonna ask what's next. So you're now you're looking for the next freelance thing. You're ready to staff. Where can people uh, find you for real? Where can people find? You guys can follow me um, at Carlton Creates on Twitter. Um, that's an easy way to find me. Uh, I'm going to have a website up soon. I don't have it up, but it will probably be carltoncreates.com. Please don't steal my website. going to go grab that domain real quick. Hang on. You know, if someone steals my domain, Kindle, if I find out you stole my, my domain, if I type it in and it's just a bunch of pictures of your face, I'm flipping out. <laughs> just laughing at you again. You can hit me up with that. Uh, and yeah, so right now I'm looking for new freelance stuff. Uh, I, I'm confident I'm ready to staff as well. Yeah. I've been in contact with a bunch of, uh, writers, but I'm in contact with a lot of good writers. I'm feeling optimistic about my prospects for the future. I have some more meetings coming up. I talked to somebody at a comic book company about, uh, possibly, um, writing on one of their, writing on one of their, um, licensed books and, possibly, you know, maybe pitching and get an original comic over there. Cool. Uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. And then keep in mind also, if you're also freelance looking for the next thing, 
keep in mind, there's other, like, and, and the money's looking low. You can always do copywriting. There's a bunch of people who need writing. So, yeah. Yeah, so always think about that. You never know. Like, you could you could end up doing, I don't know, social media for somebody. <laughs> yeah, leads to something. You never know. It's so true. Uh, well, thank you for for sharing this journey and, and wisdom. Um, like I said at the top, so many people have asked about this, and I feel like you have a good perspective on all of it so it's extra helpful it's not just what happened it's your twist on it and it's very good thank you also you know if you're out there and you're a story editor if you're an exec just keep uh going out there and keeping an eye out for um young talent and you know people of color as well i know a ton of um i don't say a ton but like we're gonna expect me to like give a list of 100. i like any person, I know a couple people or people of color who are amazing writers out there. Um, yes. Um, just, you know, try to create a good space where they feel comfortable approaching you so that they yeah. can share their work. Because um, it's always good to have uh, more voices and more perspectives in the room. Um, you know, POC, uh, LGBTQ. Um, uh, because it, it can really affect, it can really affect your show. Even when it comes down to um, a show like like Transformers, because people have different life experiences and perspectives, and that can come out in the characters. One of the shows I love is We Bear Bears, uh, because the creator's an Asian-American creator. And even though all those are bears, like when you watch the show, uh, you can definitely feel it's, uh, you can definitely feel the cultural perspective, and all my Asian friends love it, because they're like, they feel seen <laughs> and represented. Yeah. So let's keep pushing forward together. Yes. And that's it for episode six. Thank you again to Carlton. Super helpful. If you want to check out his work or follow what he's up to next, his Twitter handle is in the episode description. And I will be back in two weeks with the next episode. Thanks for listening.